0: that, uh, The Apostle Paul uh, was writing to Colossi, Colossi, and he was in prison. He was in Rome, and uh, we've been joking a little bit about uh, the Colossi Christian Church, CCC, right? And the Countryside Christian Church. So he's he's basically talking to us. That's what's going on here. And uh, he says to them, Hey, I have heard of your faith and uh, the reputation that you have. I know who you are. You have a strong and dynamic faith, uh, church. He said, "Um, uh, There's something that I want you to do, chapter two. He said, I want you to. Have uh, deep roots in the faith, and I don't want you to fall for hollow arguments. And we talked about those things. And then uh, we kind of move forward a little bit, and uh, Paul said, "There's things I want you to rid from your life. I want you to get rid of." And he kind of gave us a list. And he followed that up with, "There's some things I want you to do in your life." And here we are now, and he's going to conclude. It's kind of like a, a little pep talk that he's giving at the end of the as con- concluding uh, comments that he's making to the church. There, and we're going to jump into that in the book of Colossians. It's all kind of written out there in your bulletin. We're planning on being outside, so the uh, the text is going to be there. The text will be back here a little bit as well, and then we're going to just kind of make our way through Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, and here's what it says. In conclusion, essentially uh, what Paul is communicating to the church here. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us to that God may open a door for our message so that we we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should verse 5 he says be wise in the way you act towards outsiders make the most of every opportunity let your conversations Be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's the way he wraps things up here. And, and now what we're going to do is he's kind of uh, called the team together. And he says, uh, uh, there's some bullet points here that I want to make uh, for you. I want to give you a pep talk. And, and so what we're going to do right now is just kind of make our way right back through that same passage of Scripture, as you can see it there in your outline. And we're just going to kind of go line by line, phrase by phrase. We're going to try to pick up on exactly what the Apostle Paul was communicating uh, to that church. Here's what we can kind of say this. We can say this. You don't play every play every time, but the right play at the right time. You don't play every play at the uh, every time, but you play the right play at the right time. And so as we make our way through this, uh, maybe you're going to come across one of these phrases in here that Paul has kind of stemmed out. And you're going to need to circle that one. You're going to need to underline that one. You're going to say, this is the one that the apostle Paul is communicating to me this morning. Might come across some of these other plays and uh, kind of look at some of those things and go, uh, I, you know, that's, that's, I kind of, I'm there. I'm good. Uh, All right. Uh, But there might be another one in here and you're just going to have to say, okay, this is the piece of the pep talk that I'm going to need to apply uh, to me. And I'm going to need to kind of underline that one, dive into that one. So here we go. Ready? Uh, Colossians chapter four, starting verse three, he says this. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. Uh, why would we do that? Prayer is communication. Prayer is communication. And I, I don't know if you know this. I hope this isn't a depressing fact. It's just true. It's just true. It's just one of these things. Facts are facts. And uh, the, number, the number one cause of divorce is lack of communication. The number one cause of divorce is lack of communication. When you stop communicating uh, with your spouse, things begin to fall apart. Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer prayer is communication. If you don't want that relationship, the relationship that you have with the Father to fall apart, you need to spend time in prayer. That's where he jumps right in there and he says, devote yourselves to prayer. How's your prayer life? How is your relationship with the Father? First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, pray continually. Pray Continually, continually have time in prayer. Continue to communicate uh, with the Father. Have a quiet time. Pray as you go through life. Spend that time in prayer. Let me ask you this. Uh if you haven't yet, you're going to, but maybe you're old enough that you can kind of reflect back on a time in your life where things were very difficult, things were hard, things were challenging. Uh, maybe you showed up at work and they said we're handing out pink slips today and all of a sudden you find yourself scrambling your unemployed maybe somebody that you care about deeply communicates to you uh the relationship that you think that we have we no longer have that relationship maybe that was a coworker uh, maybe that was a loved one uh, maybe that came at you from a kind of way out in the left field and and all of a sudden you thought everything was good but now things are not good maybe you got the phone call maybe you got the phone call uh from uh from the doctor or from a loved one and All of a sudden they find out that they have something very, very wrong with them. And the way that you thought you were going to be going through life has all of a sudden changed dramatically. And now you're going to be going through life in a very, very different way. And your life just got very, very challenging. And if you've went through something like that in your life... I hope that you had the mental awareness that this was a time that you were going to lean on God and not fall away from God. But here's what I believe. If your life was anything like mine, when I've gone through difficult things, all of a sudden I find myself clinging to the Father. And I wake up in the morning and as I'm kind of getting out of bed and making my way to my bowl of Fruit Loops, uh, I'm just, I'm connected to the Father. And while I'm sitting there eating my lucky charms, I'm connected to the Father. And when I'm leaving there and I'm heading to the shower, I'm connected because what I'm going through right now is so, so hard. I'm just never not that far away. But here's what I know about me. Is that when that time has kind of passed, and it just kind of feels like, well, life is good again, and things are normal again. Uh, then my prayer life isn't what it was when I was going through that hard time. But Paul says, devote yourself to communication. Because if you're not communicating, your relationship is in decline. That's just the rules. If you're not communicating, your relationship is in decline. And so Paul says, here's the way we want to go through life, CCC. Stay devoted to prayer. Maybe, maybe your prayer life's good. Maybe you don't need to circle that one. Um, But you know, he continues and he says this. He says, "Being watchful, being watchful. What's that mean? Being intentional." Question. Question, question. Are there people that are around you that you need to be more watchful of? Are there people out there that you need to be serving and loving and helping more than you do? Uh, do you kind of go through life and you do your thing and you walk right past people in your workplace or maybe even in your own home or maybe in your, uh, you know, in your community and heading back to school and do and you just kind of walk and you just have blinders on? And you have stopped seeing people that you can be serving. He says, being watchful. Praying continually, being watchful. Take the blinders off. Are there people out there that I need to be serving and loving and helping and moving through life, uh, doing those things? Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Uh, Jesus uh, Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Listen, you cannot serve everyone, but you must serve serve someone. It's going to be right there on the screen. You cannot serve everyone, but you must serve someone. We are called to go through life looking for antenna up, identifying, is there a need here in front of me that I can help this person? Can I help this person in some way? Maybe some of you have deep pockets you can help financially. Maybe some of you have empty pockets and you can just help them by being a listening ear. Maybe there's other people that their tree went down and you have a chainsaw. Whatever the case may be, are your antenna up, watching, watching. It says, pray continually and Watching as you go, maybe maybe that 's one that uh, you kind of you 're an introvert and and being mindful of others kind of doesn 't come naturally to you, but when you start to think about it, maybe you realize there 's somebody that I could be an an ear for or something like that, right, and so maybe that 's the one you need to circle being watchful, and then he continues and he says this and thankful, say and thankful, thankful. now just say thankful thankful, 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 thankful. thankful. <laughs> Be thankful and have gratitude. Why? Be thankful and have gratitude. Why? Watch this. It will change your life. Your life will be different if you are thankful. It will change this country. It will change this country if you are thankful. It will change the world if you are thankful. If you are thankful, it's going to change your life It's going to change this country, and it's going to change the world. That's pretty tall order, right? Pretty tall order. How are you going to back that up? Well, watch this. You cannot be, put this on the screen, you cannot be a good or happy person. Do you want to be good? Do you want to be happy? You cannot be a good or happy person without being thankful and grateful. Cannot be a good and happy person without being thankful and grateful. Watch this. There is not an unthankful, ungrateful, happy person on earth. Just read those. Think about that for a minute. Go. I believe that the the vast majority of people want to be good and they want to be happy. I, I believe that. Uh, I believe that the um, uh, majority of people that uh, you and I encounter on a regular basis uh, they're 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 genuinely they're not racist. At least that's my hope is that the majority of people that we encounter don't wake up every day trying to think about how to be uh, a racist person. Um, uh, I believe that this is true. Now, listen very carefully to the words that I'm going to say, uh, because there's kind of there's some bug, buzzwords here. They call them trigger words, and so I don't want you to be triggered, okay? But I believe that uh, the vast majority of people do not wake up trying to be homophobic, and what that means is they are going to go out and pursue somebody uh, in, in that lifestyle and and seek to hurt them. I believe a lot of people just kind of like, well, they're they're making those choices, regardless of what scripture might say about those things. Those are choices that they're making. And that uh, I believe that uh, the majority, listen, listen, I believe that the majority of police officers, uh, they just want to go to, uh, they want to go to work. They want to do a good job and they want to go back and they want to be with their family. That's what, that's what I think is that for, for the most part, uh, that's the way people want to go through a life. But I think that there's an element out there uh, that wants to magnify. You know what it means to magnify, right? You, you ever use a magnifying glass? Of course you have. Um, uh, and and you, you kind of take that over there. And, you, you, and so you make that small thing look like it's much bigger than it really is. And so I think that there's people that even have an agenda and they want to magnify uh, the minority thing and and the smaller thing, the lesser thing, and they want it to look much bigger than it really is. Because if we magnify that thing and make it bigger than it really is, that gives us something to be angry about. That gives us something to be resentful towards and be angry. but i think that the reality is is that we can be thankful that uh, the world for the most part uh, wants to be uh, kind to one another it's not that we don't wake up in a world where uh, people uh, open their doors and step out and see who they can hurt we uh, genuinely we especially you know around these parts and the, you know small town whatever we kind of wake up in a world where people uh, want to you know be neighborly And so we should be thankful and grateful for that instead of the other way around. But it seems like there are people out there that want to flip that script and listen to this. Non-thanks, watch this. Non-thanks is an anger issue. Non-thanks is an anger issue. The ungrateful are angry. The grateful are not. The ungrateful are angry. The grateful are not. More people are becoming angry because they are being told they deserve stuff. More people are becoming angry because they have a, a sense of entitlement. More people are being told you deserve free college and free health care and you, you deserve these things. You, you deserve these things. You don't have to work hard to get those things. These are, these, these are entitlements. You need to have all of these things. You deserve them. Your rights. You're a victim if you don't have uh, these things. And these things are being pushed out there and non-thanks is an anger issue. This will be on the screen. Listen. The less you feel entitled, the less you feel entitled to, the more thankful you become, the happier you become. The more you feel entitled, I want that. The more you feel entitled, the more angry you will be, the more unhappy. You will be. What is the definition of a spoiled brat? Somebody that has everything but acts like they're entitled to more. True? I told you, being thankful, just being thankful, will change your life, it'll change the country, it'll change the world. And so if that's the one you need to kind of circle and say, this is the play out of the playbook here. Is, uh, the Apostle Paul is, is kind of giving his uh, in-conclusion speech and kind of capsulizing everything that he said so far. If that's the one I need to be more thankful, circle that one and we'll uh, continue because the Apostle Paul, he continues He says this. And pray for us too that God may open doors for our message, that he would open doors for our message. Where's the apostle Paul when he's writing this? He's in prison in Rome. He's locked up. He's caged up. He's chained up. And he's saying, man, it would just be fantastic if these prison doors were opened up, because if these prison doors were opened up, then I could leave this house and I could go out and I could begin to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I feel a little bit like that in COVID, right? You, You know, in the pandemic can't really go out there and do some of these but he's saying he's saying pray for us too that guy might open these doors so he's literally in, in chains and in prison and he's saying open these doors he wants an opportunity to advance christ question do you know ways to advance christ are you thinking about ways to advance christ even in a pandemic Are there people that you can be inviting to church? Are there conversations that you can be having with people, uh, even in a pandemic, that you might be praying that these sort of doors would be opened up and that I could be a person that would find ways to advance the gospel of Christ, even in the situation that I am in? That sounds like a good prayer. I think those are things that we need to think about. I think those are uh, maybe uh, some lines in there that maybe in our world, maybe that's something that we need to circle and say, instead of kind of becoming more introverted and closed down and locked down and behind a mask and behind doors and things like that, I'm still called even at this time to be advancing the gospel of Christ. And then he says this, "So so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? What's so mystical about Christ? Well, there's some history here, right? Throughout the Old Testament, um, no one could have their sins forgiven. Throughout the Old Testament, nobody could have their sins forgiven. Uh, they could just have until they have their sins uh, sort of pushed back uh, for a year when the uh, when the high priest would go in and he would uh, make the sacrifice and he'd uh, shed the blood of bulls and goats and they'd have the scapegoat and they'd put the blood on that that they'd let it go and and all those kind of things. But uh, all of a sudden, Jesus comes around and he's talking about, uh, in fact, some of the Pharisees and some of the Sadducees, they didn't like it. Jesus would say to somebody, your sins are forgiven. And they would say, well, who are you to forgive sins? He'd say, you just watch. Jesus died on the cross. They put him in a grave. Three days later, he walks out of the grave. And then even the people that were there and had seen all of those things take place. uh, Acts chapter 2, 3,000 of them immediately, they listened to Peter preach, and they were witnesses of of Jesus. Corinthians tells Paul, tells over 500 people that saw all this. And they're like, we can really, really have our sins forgiven? And we can look at God and he looks at us and says, you're clean and you're pure. God's perfect and we're not perfect and we can, we can be in the presence of God. Yes, yes, that is the mystery of Christ. And he says, uh, you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son. That is the mystery of Christ. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the mystery of Christ that our sins can be taken away from us. And here's the message of that mystery. If you have faith in Jesus, you are a part of the family of God. If you have faith, you're in the family. You place your faith in Jesus, you're part of a family. You have faith in Christ, you're part of a family of believers. We've talked about the way the family is to interact with one another and encourage and help one another. And so you take hold of that mystery, which is Christ. For which I am in chains, Paul said. He said, I'm in chains because of Christ. I'm in chains because of Christ. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, Paul says this, listen. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So here I am. I'm in chains. Okay, we're talking Philippians. Philippians. Paul says, uh, "I'm in chains," and that has uh, the cause and effect of that is I'm in chains, and the and the gospel has grown. What's that mean? Paul is in chains, but he says I am not unhappy. Paul is in chains, but I am not unhappy. I am thankful. I am thankful. That's what Paul just says. Verse thirteen, Philippians chapter 13, He says this. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. What's that mean? He did not let his circumstances determine his attitude. He did not let his circumstances, I am in chains, But I'm still going to have the attitude that I can do things for the kingdom of God, even when I am in this place that I would rather not be. Now, that's something that we can talk about in COVID, right? Or in a pandemic. I can let my circumstances. For he says, I'm in chains. And he says, that's okay that I'm in chains. And it's okay if I'm on lockdown. I'm still going to take every opportunity. I'm not going to be ungrateful. I'm going to be thankful. And then he says this, pray that I may proclaim it clearly, clearly. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly. In our culture, there seems to be teams. You gotta get on a team and you have to be able to defend your team. You know, there's the climate change team and you're on one side of that deal, right? And you gotta be able to you gotta be able to claim that thing, you gotta be able to stand there. There's political views and social issues and all these things that you better find out who your team is and what side you gotta be able to defend that team. You gotta be able to do that. You gotta be able to do that. He says, Pray that I may proclaim it clearly. And the apostle Paul says there is only one thing, there's only one team I'm on, there's only one thing I want to proclaim clearly and that's Christ that's it, that's the only one not going to debate anybody about anything else, not going to engage anybody about anything else, not going to trigger anybody in any other way, but I am going to let them know that Jesus Christ loves them and He is interested in them. He wants to forgive them. He wants them to know God the Father in heaven. He wants them to be baptized into Christ and receive the Holy Spirit. He wants all of those things for them. I want to make sure that I am clear on that point. Everything else is secondary. That's the most Important thing. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly. And he says this as I should. This is what is right. You should engage in awareness of the gospel of Christ. You need to do that. It's not an option. He says, I do it because I should. You do it because you should. Maybe that's the one you got to circle. Maybe that's the one you got to circle. Maybe that's the one you got to say, huh? Maybe i got to be more clear. I, I don't mind getting in some of these other debates, but here's this other debate that Jesus wants me to get into, and I need to get, engage in that. That's what he says. Listen to this. He says in verse 5, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. How do people how do people see you? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We said uh, there's people that they're clothed and they're dressed a certain way. And we say when, when you identify people that are dressed a certain way, you draw conclusions about them, right? And we said, how do people look at us? We are to be clothed in gentleness and righteousness and faithfulness and in love. How do people see us? How do, if you're on social media, if you're on social media, uh, I have friends that are my brothers and sisters in Christ. But when I look at their social media, I kind to cringe because the way that they present themselves and promote themselves I've had to sit down with people in the church and just say uh, brother uh, you need to think before you post some of that stuff that you post because people are watching you people are looking at you and you need to just be more aware of the way he says be wise in the way you act towards outsiders we need to be loving we need to be thankful we don't need to be uh, hateful somebody said this you've heard this before You might be the only Bible someone reads. You heard that before? You heard that before? You might be the only Bible someone reads. Um, somebody might not pick up the Bible and read it, but uh, they know you go to church. They know you're one of those freaky people with the Jesus bumper sticker or something like that, right? Uh, they, they hear the music that you listen to, and so they know you're one of those. But they won't pick up their Bible and read it. But you know what they might do is scroll through your social media And does that align, does that align with who you claim to be as a Christian? Uh, They might listen to the vocabulary you use in the lunchroom, or they might listen to the stories you talk about about the weekend, or uh, they, uh, you know... Are you disparaging other people and other groups and other parties? And are you trying to elevate yourself? And, and when they uh, kind of read about you, is there kind of this us-them thing that's uh, going on? Is, uh, does your, does your, the way you interact with people or the social media uh, uh, have this arrogance about it that says, if everybody was just more like me, the world would be better? I have all of the answers, and they are stupid. Right? Is that what it communicates? Sometimes that's what it communicates, folks. You have to be aware because Paul says this. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Maybe that's the one you gotta circle. Maybe that's the one you gotta say, okay, uh, they're talking to me now, and the apostle Paul's talking to me now, and then he says this. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. I want to tell you about an opportunity, uh, that the church has, and I'm excited about it. I want you to be praying about it. Um, we're doing this thing called Kids Club. The things, um, uh, called Kids Club maybe you saw some boxes with some games out here in the in the foyer and uh wednesdays wednesdays from 7am uh, to 11am uh the riverdale school doesn't have school on those days except it does this week because it's the holiday weekend and uh so uh but we've got 15 we capped it at 15 kids and we got 15 elementary age kids that are going to come and be a part of Kids Club on Wednesdays. And that's going to be a, a sort of tutoring. There's going to be a reading time. There's going to be a logging in time for them to do their online work. There's going to be a kind of a craft time and a game time and a lesson time. And those things are going to kind of be rotating through that. And here's the good news in all of that. Those 15 kids... Uh, they don't, they're not a, uh, a part of our church, okay? And uh, they're a part of the Riverdale uh, School District. And uh, so we're excited for the opportunity to have some elementary families, kids, families with elementary age kids, that will be pulling into our parking lot every Wednesday. And uh, in some of the conversations that I've had with uh, some of them, uh, I know that they don't have a church home. They don't have a church home. And so we want to make the most of every opportunity. We want to make the most of every opportunity. Listen to this. Uh, We want to be kind and loving. We want to be kind and loving that they may see Jesus in us. We don't want to have those kids come in here and, you know, we don't want to look them in the eye and say, I hope you know you're going to go to hell until you become a Christian, right? That's not what we're going to do. We're not going to do that, okay? Um, The reality is uh, we're going to just be as kind and as friendly and as generous and as caring to them as we can be because we want them to leave and go, those people are so nice. They're so kind. We want those parents to say when their child leaves, they just want to go back because there's something that is there. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And if they encounter Christ, they will be attracted to that. That's who we, now how do we do that? How do we go about doing that through kids club? How do we do that? Thank you, Paul. He tells us. It's the next thing he says. He was thinking about Kids Club when he wrote this, I'm sure. Verse 6. Let your conversations be always full of grace. Is that the one you need to circle? Be humble. We don't have all the answers. The world is crazy. The world is all over the map. Uh, the scientists are telling us contradictory things about COVID. Um, we don't know if we're supposed to be for or against things anymore, because if you kind of take a position for something, then there's a whole bunch of people over there saying, no, you should be against that. And, and we, the, the reality is there's a lot of things we just don't know. I mean, what does a color red smell like? <coughs> right? There's things we don't know. And for us to act like we know everything and we have all the answers, here's the reality. Life is difficult. And we would do better to pull alongside people with kindness and grace and gentleness and just say, we don't have all the answers. Science doesn't even have all the answers. But let's figure out how to be kind and loving and helpful towards other people because that's what Jesus would have us do. Be intentional about being kind. He says, let, uh, let your conversation be always full of grace. And he says this, seasoned with salt, seasoned uh, with salt. Uh, good seasoning, good seasoning makes food taste better, right? Good seasoning makes food taste better. Over seasoning does not make food taste better. Assaulting people with seasoning doesn't make anything better. That's called pepper spray. Right? That's what that is. And so what are they trying to do with pepper spray? They're saying to say, "You stay back on your side, you stay over there. Psh, we're blasting you." That's supposed to be a division. Paul doesn't say use pepper spray. He says make it taste better. Make it more palatable. Be attractive, be appetizing, be interesting, have love, have grace, do these things. He says, how do we do, how do we go about uh, sort of introducing people to Jesus? He says, uh, let the conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know, so that you may know how to answer everyone, say everyone, 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 Everyone coming to Jesus is the goal. Everyone coming to Jesus is the goal. Did you know this? 80% of people that come to church, come to church as a result of being invited to church by a friend. 80% of people that come to church, come to church as a result of being invited by a friend. And so if Y'all and me is a we, if we's all, if we's all want people to come to church. And 80% of people come to church by being invited by a friend. And there's not more people here year after year after year. Everybody hold up that mirror and then circle this one on the page. This is what I know. I want to be forgiven of every sin that I have ever committed. I don't want God to hold one sin against me because heaven is a perfect place. And if I have sin in me, I'm not welcome in heaven because I would wreck the whole thing. I want every one of my sins to be forgiven. What sin do you want held against you? What sin do you want held against you? What sin are you willing to hold against someone else in your heart? What sin are you willing to hold against someone else? Paul says, everyone needs to know the mystery of Christ. It is our job to do it. And I am thankful that Jesus has revealed himself to me because I am forgiven of my sins and I am welcome into the family of God. I have good news. Jesus told us to remember that. Jesus told us to celebrate that. Jesus says, when you get together, he says, there's a couple of things I want you to remember. Remember that my body was broken for you. Remember that my blood was shed for you. And he says, when you guys get together, there's something I want you to do. I want you to enter into a time of communion together where you remember, I am so glad that I am saved. And then that can be used as a fuel and momentum to reach out to other people and have them know it's better to go through life being thankful than it is to go through life being resentful or grumpy or all those other things. And so right now, we're going to enter in, as we conclude our service, we're going to enter into a time of communion. There's a station right back there. There's a station right over here and a station right over there. And at those stations, there is the communion It's in place. And so in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, you can make your way over there. You can participate in communion at one of the stations, or you can bring it back and have your communion time there uh, where you're seated. And you have to peel the little foil off of the top, and there's a wafer. And then you peel the other layer off, and that's the juice. And what that is to remind us, I'm forgiven. I have a Savior. I've been made right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Help me to be motivated to tell other people about this salvation that I have. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the Apostle Paul and his writing and his clarity. Father, help us to uh, move our lives more fully and closely into your arms. Father, when we're sitting here in just a few moments and we're taking communion and we're wrestling with how to get that little piece of cellophane off of the top of that cup and it's just kind of a weird deal Father help us to remember that's not what it's about help us to move our hearts right in to you you love us you are interested in us you know we can do better help us to live for you We ask this in Jesus' name, and amen.